Well, this uh, is our second week in a uh, sermon series simply called Eight. And as we've been going through one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Romans 8. So if you didn't get last week, you can go online and get that and podcast it or just listen to it online. So, But uh, if you'll notice that there's some, some nice, handsome-looking uh, pieces of paper stuffed in your cup holders this morning, if you could pull one of those out, then uh, it gives you uh, something to fan yourself with if you get too hot. It has some information in it, some notes that you can follow along in. Also, on the edge, there's this nice little perforated panel that uh, if this is your first time with us or if you've kind of been flying under the radar, kind of checking us out, then I never filled one of these out. I would so appreciate it if you would fill one of these little things out. And then at the end of the service, if you would just exchange it, we'll have some people back here at our information table, and they'll have these cool popcorn boxes. And in there is some, uh, some nibblies. You'll have some popcorn and a little bit of information about us and a $5 Sonic card just as a thank you for coming and checking us out. And, and uh, you can enjoy happy hour at Sonic all week on us. You can go and get your half-price drinks on us. And... Uh, Anyway, so if you would do that, I would really appreciate it. Also, coming up on the 21st, I believe it is, in the 21st that we're getting going, and uh, we're going to be doing a new members slash I want to know more about this Celebration Church thing on a series of Wednesday nights. They're gonna, it's going to be meeting at our house. Your information is on the back of, the, uh, on the back of your bulletin. And uh, anyways, on the, also on that little card, there's a place for you to sign up. If you're interested in that, that does it, this isn't signing in blood, but if you're interested in knowing about this little class, it's a six-week deal. We'll teach on the vision. We'll teach on uh, what we're about here at Celebration Church and kind of how you can fully participate in all that. So if, you, if you're interested in that, if you could just fill that out and also just slide that in the offering box or give it to somebody. Also, our offering boxes are on the on the outside as you go, just right outside the doors. And a part of our, an essential part of our worship each week is in our giving. And so I just want to encourage you, if this, is, if this is what you call home, to participate in that. If you're still checking us out, then you are our guest and there is no pressure whatsoever. You just enjoy being here with us. Also on your bulletin, you'll see that we have a blog that we're reading through the Bible together. You can, if you want to start, you can just jump in where we're at. This time next year, you'll have cycled all the way through the Bible. And uh, I post something every day, that kind of just a thought or something that has to go along with our reading. So we really want to encourage you to do that. Well, this week we are, in, like I said, in our second week, where this is five weeks in Romans chapter 8. And uh, this week is called Replicate. And it's because we were, whenever we receive Christ, we're not just getting our sin issue dealt with. I don't know about you, I'm so thankful that the sin issue and the death penalty that was hanging over my head is dealt with in Christ. I'm thankful. And that would have been enough. That would have been enough. I would have just been forever grateful for that. But there is more to our relationship with God once we enter in and we receive Christ than simply dealing with the forgiveness of sin. And we are going... To be looking at that. Also, I have to remind you about our business meeting today. We have a business meeting at 11.15. I almost let that slip my mind. So if you're interested in that, you can hang out at 11.15. Uh, anyways, as we go through here, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we have become 
sons. We have become children of God. Now, we have to understand this because what, uh, so many people think of heaven being a, a servant of God or, or this slave unto God. And even though we do serve him, that according to God's word, we are sons. See, it, the, the way things work make an intricate way in the way we interact with those things. I've got one of my old-time buddies here, Moses Torres. So he used to work with me in the past. And uh, me and Moses, right after we... Uh, Right after I got my pilot's license a number of years back, we were, had to go to uh, Del Rio or someplace, I believe it was. We had to take a little trip. And uh, anyway, so I, we were flying. And on our way back, it was just me and Moses. And I love to mess with Moses because I like to do dips. And I sit there and pull the yoke back and get into a little bit of a climb and then just nose it over. And, and you just have this little weightless feeling for just a minute. It, it just feels cool. And, uh, but Moses did not like it. He'd scream at me every time. He didn't like it. So that made me want to do it more. And so I enjoyed messing with Moses on this. So he finally, he finally got cool with it. We were in there air long enough. And there was a little, one of the little books, one of the little manual things with the, with the plane. And we had it sitting there on the dash. And I would do the dip and make it float. And so, and just make it float there. And it looked real cool as we're, you know, we're falling at the same rate. And it just looks like it's hovering. So I decided, and I flew a, a Cessna, which is a high wing. And uh, with a Cessna, with a high wing, it uses gravity to feed the engine with its with necessary fuel. And uh, anyway, so as I am doing that, we decide that I'm going I'm to float that book over Moses' head and into the back seat. I'm just going to go ahead, and we're just going to go for it. And I said, Moses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to float this over your head. Don't do it. Don't do it. No. And so... Uh, so we go ahead and I put it up there and I pull it up in a good steep climb and then just hammer it over as hard as I can. And, and uh, Cessnas don't like doing that kind of stuff. And uh, anyway, so sure enough, I've got it and it's right about above his head. And about the time I've got it above his head, all of a sudden, the engine quits making noise. It quit operating. I'd never been in the air with it not doing the loud humming thing it was like deathly quiet it was just scary and what i had forgotten is that it was gravity fed and so while i was floating this little book over moses i was floating the fuel in the wings and it was not coming into the engine and i was got it was still propelling it still had spark it still had all this stuff and i pull up immediately and it gets its fuel back and all is well and i never tried that trick ever again and so but see we have to understand how things work so we will we will operate with it right otherwise we're going to operate or deal with something god in the wrong way if it's just in this servant mentality we are simply going to miss so much of what god has offered us because we are not simply servants of god we are children we are sons of God. Let's go ahead and open your Bible to Romans 8, 14, and it's through 16. It says, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
Now, see, this mentality of us being sons, of us being children, we have to get this into our hearts. We totally have to understand that so that we will interact with God in the right way. My youngest son, Carson, I like to mess with him, and I'm teasing with my kids all the time, and we just, that's just the way we interact. And so Carson will come up, and he'll want, some, want a, a bowl of cereal, or he'll want something, just, just something he, he knows he can have. But he'll come up and say, Daddy, I, Daddy, I, I, want, some, I, want, some, uh, I want some of this. And I'm like, well, what makes you think you can have that? But Dad, I, I, just, I, just want, I just want a snack. What makes you think you can have some of, some of this food? Dad, I'm your son. Oh, okay. That changes everything. He understands that as a son, there's part of, what, of being in the house, that there are some benefits, there are some privileges that go with that thing. Our mindset has to shift because when we understand that we are sons, we understand that God is also going to be wonderfully, incredibly patient with us. We have five kids. Yes, we meant to have five children. That was a plan. And uh, so when we, uh, um, I got the privilege of doing daddy delivery on all five of our kids. And so as they sit there and we get to be born and they, they come out and it was just amazing how much your heart connects. I mean, kids are fun. Kids are just great. I just enjoy kids, period. But my kids, man, my kids, it's different. You know, when they come out, it's amazing that they're, they're a mess. They're instantly needy. They're crying. They're not doing anything cute or cuddly or any of that. But your heart totally connects. See, when we come to Christ, so many people think that, that man, you know, I want to come to God when I can be a good son. Wait a minute. We don't come into this world being a good son. I had to learn how to be a good son. My parents had to have some patience with me. And train me up. And they, because of their love for me, because I was theirs, they were patient with me. Guess what? God is patient with you as you are moving forward in sonship. Yes, whenever we, whenever we enter in the, the born again experience, whenever we step over from death into life, then a lot of time there's some whining and some crying going on. There's some stuff that we've got to get cleaned up. There's some, some things we have to go. We're not perfect children from day one. But God loves us. We're his children. We're his children. We have to totally wrap our minds around this. Galatians 3, 26 says, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians six eighteen says, is quoting the Old Testament, says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God. This isn't in your bulletin, but <clears throat> Psalm 68, 5 says that God would be a father to the fatherless. You'd be a father to the fatherless. God wants to be Papa God to us. God wants to be Daddy to you and I. See, and then we have to understand, because that helps us integrate with, with, with Jesus as well. Because Jesus is our King. And Jesus is our Lord, but he's also our older brother. Romans 8, 29b says that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, he's not the older brother that picks on you or messes with you. My sister is, uh, 
here today and, uh, and uh, as part of our church, and she'll testify that I was not always a good older brother. I love the, uh, the hold her down and let the, the spit drop just enough to really freak her out and then do the little nasty <laughs> slurp it back in right when she was convinced she's about to get a big old wad in her face. And uh, anyways, I love to just mess with my sister. I was the, not the best older brother. But see, Jesus is, uh, is a wonderful older brother. Now, my son, my son Keenan, he's, uh, he's the oldest. And in my heart, I wanted a boy first. I'm the oldest in my family. I was the older brother, and I wanted a boy first. I wanted to have this older brother thing because they're just things, as much as I hate, there's things that mom and dads don't always find about as the growing up years go. Older brothers find out about them and can deal with them, and mom and dad don't always find out. So I wanted my, especially my girls, I wanted them to have a, a big brother. And man, I tell you what, Keenan is... He, man, he messes, he picks, he knows Brooklyn's buttons. He had her screaming all day yesterday, just totally messing with her. But I'm telling you, when it push comes to shove, nobody better mess with his sister. Because that older brother instinct kicks in, and all of a sudden that defender comes. We, we learn that Jesus himself stands before the throne of God and makes intercession for you and I. Our older brother Christ is standing there in the throne of God, reminding God that we're with him is making intercession for you and me. I'm telling you, that makes makes me feel so much better. As we're cruising through this as well, we see that in in Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 15, it says, For you did not receive a spirit... That makes you a slave again to fear. But you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. There's only three places in the Bible that that word Abba is used. And we're about to look at all three of them. But that word Abba is that word like daddy. This isn't just father. It's not just this reverential title. Abba is that daddy, that papa, that I'm going to climb up in your lap and you're going you're gonna to hug me and I'm going to be your kid and you're going to be my daddy. That is what that Abba, that Abba word lets us know. And we have to get that in our minds. That we have to wrap our minds around the fact that, yes, God is the great judge of the universe. He is the king of all kings. He created all that we know and see. But how he wants us to interact with him first and foremost is daddy. When we get our mind wrapped around that, that begins to change the way we interact with God. That begins to make a shift and see how much God is wonderfully for us. We see that he is patient and loving. He is coaching us all the way. We already read Romans 8. 15, that by him we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6 says, because you were sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts and the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, Papa, God. And then let's look at Mark 14, 36. 
We see with a little bit of context here, this is, this is Jesus himself. He is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is praying right before he gets handed over to the people who are going to ensure that he goes to the cross. He knows what's up. Jesus isn't blindsided by his arrest. He's not blindsided by the beatings and the crucifixion. He knows it's coming. And he's warring with this a little bit in the garden. He's not, it's one of those things. He knows, he, he knows he wants to do the will of God, but he's like, is there another way? And as he is praying, this is Jesus, as he is praying, there in verse 36, he says, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. See, in our most desperate places of prayer, in our most desperate times of need. See, this is, this is the only time we see Jesus using the word Abba. We see Jesus himself calling Father God, Papa, Abba. And we're instructed to do the exact same thing. To refer to God as Daddy. Now, I know a lot of y'all did not have the privilege that I had growing up. I've had an awesome father. And a lot of y'all, when you say the whole idea of interacting with God as a father may wig you out a little bit. Maybe your dad wasn't there for you. Maybe there were a number of different things. But I'm telling you, you got to push out your and understand the ideal father, the perfect father. That's our father God. Everything that your dad wasn't, your heavenly father wants to be. God wants to come in there and be what, what, what we need him to be. I also love that as we go through here, we see that the Holy Spirit reminds our spirit that we are sons. In verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. That we are God's children. That's one of the reasons God gave us the Holy Spirit. We have this deposit of, the, of God himself on the inside of us. And it's reminding us all the time that we're God's kids. That we're God's children. See, in any given time, <clears throat> my wife, she uh, uh, will sit there and, uh, with, my, with my boys. She'll ask them. She goes, who's my boy? And Carson will go say, I am. I am. She's constantly, constantly, there's no lack. Everybody knows who it, who, who's whose boy is. Everybody knows, but it's this wonderful reminder, being constantly reminded that we are connected, that there are some there. God does that with us through the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says he set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts. As a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. In 1 John 4.13, it says, We know that we, <clears throat> we live in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. See, this spending time with God, that's why it is so wonderfully encouraging to spend time with God. Because we get reminded of what's going on. That we are connected with God. That's why our time of, of, of praise and worship is so important. 
Because I don't know what's been going on with you all week. I don't know. But we take this point. We take these songs. We, we collectively in unison begin to sing these words together. Reminding us of, of, of who our Father is. And it begins to push out the other stuff. Normally I'm a pretty happy person. I can be real annoying in the morning because I wake up real chipper. I can really bother my wife and bother my kids. I, I, man, I, the, uh, one day this week I went in and flipped on the light to get the kids up for bed. And I was just singing. I already told you I don't sing good. Amen. And uh, my <clears throat> Weston and Carson just grabbed the covers and pulled it over their heads. Dad, no. And uh, I, I'm normally just a, a pretty chipper guy in the mornings. But man, this week, I had, I don't, this hardly ever, ever happens to me. But anybody ever just wake up mad? You ever just wake up mad? It's like nothing, you know, nothing happened. You just, your eyes popped open and you're mad. Man, that hardly ever happens to me, but that happened to me this week. And man, I, I got up and I was mad. Actually, there were some number of things that happened in the night that irritated me. And I got woke up about three different times and I got, got irritated with my dog and I got irritated with one of my children and I got irritated with the alarm clock. And I, I got irritated with a number of things. And finally, when I actually got out of bed, man, I was just, I was just mad. And so I'm barking at the kids, and we're not having a good day. I mean, that is just not the way to try to get a bunch of kids up and ready for school. It's just not being pleasant. And, man, I was just trying to, to uh, get a hold of it. And Cutie was asking, she goes, what's the problem? I don't know what the problem is. I just woke up mad. Were you going to fix it? I'm trying. She goes, I don't hear any change. I said, I said, I'm trying. You're just going to have to take my word on it. So I got the kids rounded up, got them in there, got them to school, got back. And uh, <laughs> Cutie, I walked in. Cutie goes, are you in a better mood? I'm trying. She it was, it was not there yet. I finally kept going, finally about... 10 o'clock, I had to run an errand or do something. And finally, it just wasn't, I just wasn't getting rid of it. It was just hanging over me. So finally, I just started worshiping. I didn't even have the radio on. I just started singing, and I just started worshiping. And, I just, and all of a sudden, as I begin to reset and remember that my God was the one that was in control, that I am loved by God, that there is nothing that life can throw at me that my Papa God can't handle. Man, I could just feel it on the inside. And all of a sudden, boom, it was gone. It was lifted. Man, that God is, is there. And when we begin to remember who our God is, we can begin to have this wonderful, incredible shift in our outlook. See, there are benefits to being a son. But we have to have our minds wrapped around the fact that we are sons to grab a hold of these benefits. And to do that, we must be led by the Spirit of God. We've got to let God's Spirit lead us. There's a story about this dad who was, his seven-year-old was out back in the sandbox and some big old rocks had somehow ended up in the sandbox. Some, some other neighborhood kid put them there. Somehow, some big old rocks were in there. And his seven-year-old son was, was working, trying to get these rocks. And dad was there in the kitchen window 
watching, and the, of course, the, the boy started with the little rocks first. You know, you got to get some winds under your belt. You got to feel strong, got to feel good. So he went and he moved all the little rocks and finally got down to the biggest rock. And so, and he was having to just tump that rock over, just pick it up and just flop it over. Well, the sandbox had a lip on it. And he got the rock all the way over to the edge and would, would get it up and just couldn't quite get it up over the edge. Daddy watches as the son tries over and over again. And finally, on the last attempt, the rock kind of comes down and smashes the, one of the boy's little fingers a little bit. Didn't do any damage, but it just hurt, just pinched it. Little boy's out there crying, and, and uh, dad comes out and comes to check on the, check on the little boy. And... Uh, and the dad, you know, said, well, son, how come you didn't use all your strength? And the little boy was like, well, daddy, I was using all my strength. I, I was. I was using all. I was trying as hard as I could. And the dad said, no, you weren't. You didn't ask me for help. He said, son, I am here for you. I am part of your strength. See, so many times we want to try to do things in our own strength. We want to have to do things ourselves. I was having a conversation this morning with somebody who's had a number of significant breakthroughs in their life. Been praying, we've been believing with them, and things finally just... And one of the things he attributed to is finally he quit trying to do it himself so much. And just relying on God and say, all right, God... I'm going to do what I know to do, and I'm going to trust you with the rest. And things begin to shift. We do have a responsibility. We do have. But our strength is not limited to us. We have an awesome God who comes in and helps. I guess this is just Carson Illustration Day. And because uh, my, uh, our, our youngest, our uh, uh, six-year-old, and it wasn't too long ago, we were dealing with the potty training issue. And obviously Carson understands that there's some, some strength, some help outside of himself. And because uh, we were doing the, the potty training thing and, and uh, little boys are just, for some reason, a little more difficult than little girls. And uh, Carson was just being especially stubborn. And so he was just, it was just way too far along in the process for us to still be having to do this. And uh, anyway, so Carson, had, we were sending him to the bathroom. And I was like, all right, Carson, you need to, you need to go take care of business, buddy. And, and uh, he was having to, you know, take care of some serious man business. And, uh, and so, and I, you know, sending him off and coached him, ran down the checklist of the stuff, you know, gotta, man's got to do. And uh, so it's like, you know, was was wondering how come I wasn't gonna, you know, go with him. And I was like, Carson, you know, you you got this, you can do this. And Dad, we're all in this together. <laughs> Guess what? He got the help he wanted. <laughs> and see, and that's our Father God. Yes, He's equipped us. Yes, He has trained us. Yes, we're supposed to mature as sons. Yes. There are some things that God does on our behalf when we are younger that he trains us up for us to begin to rule and reign in him. Yes, absolutely. That's part of maturity. But all in all, God is still in this with us. He is still there. He wants to be our daddy, 
our Papa. Not just the guy who, who's father from a distance, but one who is right there with us. Romans 8, 14 says, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. John 16, 13 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. God wants to guide us. You know what? We've got to take time to listen. We've got to take time to crawl up into Daddy's lap, shut things down a little bit, Turn the iPod off, turn the TV off. Take a little time to listen and let God guide us. The verse continues, says, He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. God leads us in victory. Now that lets us know that there are going to be some battles. If, you're going to, if there's going to be something you're going to win, then there's going to be some, some stuff. There's going to be some things going on. It's not that there's smooth sailing. But he leads us in victory. And through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. So you are God's child. Don't ever, ever forget that. Even when Jesus was teaching us how to pray, it starts, Our Father in heaven. That is the baseline of our interaction with God. You get outside of that parameter that you are God's child and you're going to interact with God the wrong way. You're going to end up 3,000 feet off the ground and the engine quit running. You're going to end up interacting with things the wrong way. God is our Father. He's in it with us. He wants to be there for us. But you and I have to call on Him. We have to access that, that love, that care that God has for us. Well, this morning, we want to make sure that you have opportunity to enter in 